Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Work Fun podcast with Maria and Natasha, two working professionals turned life coaches. I'm Maria, and I have worked in economic consulting for more than 14 years. And I'm Natasha. I have over a decade of work experience in human resources. Through our 25 plus years of combined corporate experience, we have learned a lot about work. And through our work as life coaches, we've learned how to make work fun. Whether you work for someone else, run your own business, or do anything else that you call your work, this podcast will teach you how to make your work fun too. Without giving in to the productivity hustle. So let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, So this week, we wanted to talk a little bit more about the concept of making work fun by honoring seasonal changes, Um, except for this time, we wanted to dig into the idea of like the actual weather or energy shifts and changes that we experience in our lives. Like, for example, we're not robots who live in a constant state all the time. We have different seasons of emotions that we experience from period to period in our lives, but even if in one day, like we might experience a thing like sadness and anger and happiness and excitement all in one day or one week. Um, and I think sometimes we are, we think the goal is to just evolve or shift into one constant state all the time, but that isn't how nature is. Like when we think about our lives in, in, um, in the environment around us, like we have different seasons, we have different patterns of weather changes. We know that the animals around us do different things in different times of the year. And that can be true for us too. And we thought we would just dig into talking a little bit about that in the notion of, um, in how it relates to our work. Right. We think we kind of have to, exactly like you said, we evolve or we grow in order to get to like one end point. And at that end point, we're going to feel consistently amazing or consistently happy or always pleasurable, whatever our goal is. Sometimes it's, you know, spiritual growth. Sometimes it's like, I once I make a certain amount of money, I'm going to feel X or once I, you know, I I hate using that example because I'm, you know, the the losing weight thing, but that's very prevalent in our culture too. Is like once I reach a certain weight, I can feel great. Like we always have these goals in mind, and in our minds, the at the end point of that goal is always just sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> you know, it's everything is amazing, and we just forget that life always has these cycles and always has these different aspects to it. And then we'd like, we end up being very disappointed and resistant to that because we're like, well, I achieved the thing (laughs) and I still experience sadness sometimes and anger sometimes. And like, what's that all about? I thought, I thought those would be gone once I reached this place. Yeah, totally. And I think there's another part of it too, that is like honoring the different emotional aspects or the different seasons that show up. Like, so for example, it's like, when you've achieved your thing or whatever it is with work and you feel sad sometimes, it's also just like honoring sadness as a beautiful part of your life experience as well. Because sometimes we end up rejecting that part of life and not like tuning into it and recognizing what it might be there to show us or what we might be able to learn from it. And instead we just resist it, like you said, and just try to move towards what we think is quote unquote better, which is just a constant state of joy and happiness. But like when we think about this in terms of the weather and weather patterns, like 
it's there's something to be t- like taken from every single season. Like I live in a place where there's summer, fall, winter, spring, and you know, if I was just constantly resisting one of those seasons, then I wouldn't get to appreciate what um, what that part of life has to offer. I wouldn't be able to just like um, tune into it and let myself learn and grow and um, experience that specific part of my life. I love how Natasha doesn't want to name a specific season because she knows how much I like actually love winter and dislike summer. And so she's like, no, no specific season. I know. Before before we started recording this, this is the example of winter and summer and then Maria, like people not liking winter and not embracing it and then preferring summer. And Maria told me she's the opposite and she does not like summer and she prefers winter. So then I felt really nervous and didn't want to do it. I was like, super neutral. I appreciate it. Season neutral. I know. I was like, I'm not going to name any of them. (laughs) No, but even that is a beautiful example, right? Some people really, really look forward to summer and they are very excited about it. And I am one of the people who I'm like, oh my God, I can't can't believe it's summer again. It's horrible. I also live in a place where the summers are truly, truly awful, Washington, (laughs) D.C. So, like, they really are. So, anyway, but the point is, like, this year, for instance, I made it a point to try to find for myself the beautiful parts of summer, even if the weather is, like, actively horrible. (laughs) Like, there are still beautiful parts of summer, you know? There's, like, I love the swimming. I love the fruit. I love, you know, whatever, the energy. So, like Natasha said, there's beautiful parts of every season. You don't have to wait for the season that is your favorite and only then allow yourself to, you know, to appreciate all that it offers. And so it's the same with our, exactly with our moods, with our energy levels. We don't have to constantly be striving to be in one particular mood or to have a certain energy level. We can pause and appreciate all the different variations of that because we are part of nature. I know we're like sort of very, especially like in modern workplaces, most of us are very removed from nature most of the time. Like we work in enclosed spaces, we work under fluorescent lights, like we don't even see outside for long periods of time, but we are still part of nature. And it's like very good to remind ourselves that as part of nature, we have those cycles too. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing that I want to just offer too is oftentimes we romanticize or we have like rose colored glasses about the specific season that is our favorite. Like for me, I prefer summer and I think summer is always amazing, but there are for sure days in summer where it's like super hot. I'm like sweating. It's awful. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I need to cool down. This is terrible. It's not like it's perfect and amazing all the time. Right. And in winter, I mean, there's those extremely cold days where it's like, freezing and you have to just stay inside or there's like a blizzard or there's like things happening right so it's not like it's one is always better than the other but so often when we're not appreciating the moment that we're in we're just like dreaming about how much better it would be if something was different and I think that is often the case too with like our energies with work right we're like oh I don't feel motivated right now it would be better if I was motivated Mm -hmm. but like is motivation the emotion that you want to feel a hundred percent of the time to do work? Like, is it even realistic to feel motivation? And like, I don't know, some of my most fun memories at work is when I didn't feel motivated and I was just kind of like slacking off, joking off with my joking with my coworkers. And we just created these hilarious jokes or fun times. And I have all these good memories. It's not like I was just sitting at a desk focused a thousand percent of the time, right? Like, it's just interesting to just kind of reflect on how the different moods that we have and energies can, how they contribute to us living in like 
having a really nice, rich, fulfilled experience. Yeah, absolutely. And we, yeah, we sort of, as a culture, especially like grind culture and, you know, like sort of all that like hustle all the time culture, um, we have a lot of like analogies of how it's, or a lot of like stories about how it's so much better to be constantly productive, constantly motivated, constantly hustling. And if you're not, you need to like optimize to get there. (laughs) You need to fix something to get there. So not only are you completely rejecting like more than half of your human experience you're like actively not like you're making yourself miserable even during the times when you are feeling motivated because then you're like what if I lose this like you're stressing out about losing it when is this gonna go away it's all this constant sort of anxiety hustle of like I need to get motivated and stay motivated (laughs) that's the only acceptable state And I think like part of it is like, what if it's not wrong to have those different emotional states or those different seasonal experiences at work? And what if they all contribute to you having um, a rich time or, you know, great memories or learning and development and growth, whatever like is important to you? What if all of those things have valid, um, are valid um, parts to experience, I guess? Mm, yeah, I was thinking about this like last week, not in the context of work, but just in the context of life. How like a few years ago, it, I think that's like one of the reasons I sought help to and I like discovered coaching was I constantly thought that whenever I'm not feeling a positive, quote unquote, positive emotion, something is wrong. And of course, as a human, I felt negative emotion about, you know, half the time as most humans do. And I can constantly thought something was wrong so then I made it way more than half the time actually because I was like I would feel it half the time and then judge it (laughs) for long periods of time and make it so much worse but I literally thought that every time I got sad or every time I got anxious or got angry that something needs to be fixed literally I was like what is wrong and what needs fixing was my narrative and you know, I still, I can say I've 100% moved on from those thoughts, but, you know, I've made a lot of progress. And so last weekend I was reflecting on that. I'm like, oh, I, like I can see now, see myself now having days when I'm like, yeah, I was just sad. Now I'm really happy. And now I'm this, and now I'm this. I'm like, yeah, this is so fun. Like this is to, the whole human experience. I had 70 emotions in the last hour. It's great. Yeah, it's kind of like taps into the idea of like this too shall pass. So whatever it is will pass and maybe come back again. You can see the cycle of it. And I always find it so interesting to just observe those patterns in yourself. Like when you're in it, sometimes it's so hard to see it and to like be willing to acknowledge like, hey, this isn't the worst experience I've ever had in my entire life, right? Sometimes our brains just want to be super dramatic. But when you're out of it, you can start to see how, you know, the happy times will come and they will end and the sad times will come and they will end. And like, so will things continue on. And then you start to realize that it's not so bad. Like any of it isn't so bad and any of it isn't so good. And you can just kind of like be with all of it and welcome it as part of your experience and allow yourself to just like, I think be present and learn more about yourself and your own capacities and how you can, um, how you want to maybe show up. Um, yeah. Right. And to get like maybe a little bit meta about this is like sometimes even the resistance to negative emotion is an experience in itself. Like that's superhuman too. We don't also need to become these like Zen <laughs> super enlightened people. I mean, some some of us 
can and that's amazing but most of us aren't that enlightened to be constantly in complete acceptance of everything sometimes we do resist experiences or like this experience is terrible and that's also fine like it's sort of not resisting the resistance in a way it's like getting a little bit meta but and that's why like coaches need coaching too like I need coaching sometimes to be like no, I hate sadness, and sadness is the worst feeling in the world, and I'm gonna die. And so, like, okay, no, of you're course, not gonna die. Right? We all are, we're all like that as well sometimes. And I think the whole point is that you get to decide for yourself, and you are the authority for yourself, right? In deciding whether or not you want to work on something or explore it a bit more or get curious about it, but knowing that that curiosity isn't any better than rejecting it or avoiding it or not dealing with it. It's like all of it's okay. And I think once you start to set into that, mindset, you just have so much more compassion for yourself as a human in the world who sometimes does things really well. And is like, Hey, I'm going to process the sadness. I'm going to be with it and get curious about it. And sometimes you're just like, I'm going to react to the sadness. I'm going to be super emotionally like immature, (laughs) whatever. And all of those things are just part of being a human. And I think the best part of it is that like, you never have to judge yourself or be mean to yourself or berate yourself for going through different seasons and different different ways of experiencing those seasonal emotions too. It doesn't always have to be like, all right, I'm in the sadness. Now I have to do it the same way. You get to process it as you learn and grow and evolve in your own life as well. Yeah, I got coached on that a couple of months ago when I was like experiencing more, like I was traveling and I had a lot of anxiety and I had a lot of sadness and I had so much resistance to the sadness and then I was judging the resistance it was like multiple layers and so I got coached on that top layer of like judging the resistance and you know my coach was like what if you just let yourself resist the sadness right now because I was like no I need to resolve the sadness because the resistance sucks like no none of this sucks like just let it all be there and I was like oh okay I can actually be in resistance and be super angry about being sad (laughs) and that and that helped me a lot I know it sounds you know counterintuitive but (laughs) it's actually helpful and I think like to tie this back to the like the idea of making your work fun right it's like when you allow yourself to accept the resistance and be angry about it and not want to do it and not want to do things it just makes it so much less dramatic and then you can just like I don't know, get it done, move on, have fun in the moment when you do it. Like you just allow yourself to show up and be more present with what is instead of just fantasizing and dreaming about what isn't and how what isn't would be so much better. I think we're just kind of like inviting you to just be present regardless of if it, whether it feels good or bad, regardless of whether or not you like the season or don't like the season and just giving yourself the invitation to be present if that's what you want to choose to do and see what shows up for yourself. Right. And the other, the other thing we were talking about before we started recording is like how in media and in movies and TV, how negative emotions are portrayed and how like a lot of us learn about what certain emotions, again, when every time I use positive and negative, I'm like, assume I'm using quotation marks because nothing is objectively positive or negative. I'm sort of referring to the way we typically think about them. But let's say in movies, whenever like a character gets sad, that usually is just a signal that something very wrong is happening in their life. And so it's like this like automatic signal of like, uh uh-oh, sadness what is wrong like and so that's how we get used to thinking about it and that's how I was used to thinking about it for the longest time like if sadness is something to be fixed and is an indication that something is wrong whereas it's like it's just like 
any, literally any other emotion. It's no more morally superior or inferior than happiness. And it's like, definitely doesn't indicate anything about your life. Yeah, totally. And I think the way that emotions are often portrayed is a really shallow light in media where we like if someone's angry, they're like yelling. If someone <laughs> is sad, they're on a couch eating ice cream, watching TV, right? It's just like that isn't what those emotions always look like. And so when that is what we're portraying, we're, we're viewing, then we start to interpret like those actions are only tied to those emotions when that's not the only way to experience those emotions. And so we just see that like tiny little clip of someone's life, but we rarely will see people like, experiencing the sadness but still like continuing on like with their life or like you know still it not like acknowledging it but still continuing with the normal day-to-day activities because it is possible to still do your normal day-to-day activities while allowing sadness while feeling it while being present with it not saying that you are ignoring it but you can still be present and be physically attuned to what's happening in your body and be sad and continue on with what you are meant to do that day so I mean I think just to like sort of summarize and bring it bring it all together what we're saying is um that you know just as outside of us there are seasonal changes there's nature um changes there's you know all sorts of cycles going on around us the same thing is happening in our minds and in our bodies and i think it's about time we acknowledge that and actually celebrate that instead of just trying to constantly optimize our minds and bodies to be only functioning in one specific mode because we again are not robots (laughs) we're humans exactly I love that summary that was such a great succinct way of kind of putting it right like we try to force ourselves to be in one operating mode where that's not how we're meant to be that is not how we function best and so it's like letting the whole diverse experience shine through and seeing what you can possibly like learn and grow or how you can show up more as yourself when that is your experience rather than just like optimization being the full focus. Absolutely. All right. I think this is a great place to stop. Thank you so much for joining us and um, join us again next week. Bye. Hey everyone. It's Maria. I am a burnout coach for professional women, and I work with high achieving perfectionists who want to heal burnout so that they can take a step back and enjoy their lives without sacrificing their success. To work with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, which is restovergrind.com and book a free consult call. You can also follow me on Instagram at rest underscore over underscore grind or on LinkedIn under restovergrind LLC. Hey everyone, Natasha here. I'm a money mindset coach. I work with women who want to shift their beliefs around money and wealth so they can finally leave the drama behind and focus on actually doing the work they love to do. I work with two different types of clients. Employees who want to make more money at work or entrepreneurs who want to earn more in their business. And I teach people how to love the process of earning and creating more because it really is possible for money to be easy and fun. So let me show you how. You can find me on my website at natashatakesti.com or on Instagram at natashatakesti. We'll see you there.